Welcome to Audacity Podcast. I'm me, and this is you, and I'm Michael. How are y'all? And I'm Stephen. I hope everybody's having a good day. It is a beautiful day here in the Southland. What's going on? It's a beautiful, uh, cool 95 degrees is what my weather is showing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool my ass. Uh, so what's going on? What you up to today? Well, uh, <clears throat> I have to, I've got, I've got two points to make two bones. I'd like to pick, well, pick one's with okay. one's with you and one's with me. <gasps> ah, clutch my pearls. Mm, you better. So <laughs> I, I'm sure in some capacity, everybody listening has had the experience of, you send someone a message and we're talking like your buddy. I'm not talking about work. Nobody cares about that shit. Anyway, you send your buddy a message and it looks like they either read it. If it's a text on your phone and you got an iPhone and it tells you that kind of thing, I don't bother with it. I have an Android cause I really don't care otherwise. But, uh, Michael and I use discord to talk about things sometimes. And, I really take issue when people leave their discord on for like three days straight so that they never respond to anything. You think they're there, but they're mostly just ignoring. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. So, uh, so that's my thing. Like why, why you been ignoring me for like three days? I don't understand. I don't understand. You know, I try to talk to you. I thought we were friends, but, uh, I mean, I guess not. I guess not. Well, I mean, if that, if that's the metric, then I guess not. But uh, but anyway, let's keep no, talking I mean, for I mean, another I, hour. <laughs> I mean, exactly. So I mean, but I mean, I, I you know, honestly, I forget to turn the thing off. I mean, that's what it amounts to. I, you know, I just I like and, you're not the only one. And I, like I, it's it's not that I've never done it either. I just think I always kind of think it's funny more than anything when people do that. Like you, you, uh, have, you have to be careful with that, especially with um, uh, like social media. You know, if you, if you <laughs> yeah. stay, you know, I've seen instances where people have stayed logged in. You know, I've seen when I was in college, I would see that they would, um, you know, they would be on a public computer and they would stay logged into a Facebook or a MySpace account. And the next person would come up and they'd bring up their account. And there's like all kinds of evil, evil shenanigans. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, yeah that, that's that. getting into a whole different aspect of staying <laughs> so, logged in on something when you should. So, but, so, uh, I mean, uh but I, I, I promise I will do a better job of making my mm-hmm. presence known mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. making my presence known. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. No, I know what will happen is I'll, I'll fucking forget again today. It'll yeah, be today, today. today. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> my, my bone to pick with myself is just, uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening and you, I know you've done it, uh, have had the experience where, you're going somewhere you've been before you're doing something you've done before to the point where you just, you set the brain on cruise control mm-hmm. kind of, and you just get going and then you look up and you've gone to the wrong place. And then in, in this instance, I was going to the optometrist, uh, not the eye doctor as my dad likes to say. All the time. Uh, I was going to the optometrist and they're one location I've gone to basically my entire life. And about 
five or six years ago, they changed locations. But there's still an optometrist in the previous location. It's just mine switched. And so, yeah. And, and I've, I've been there two or three times now, over like the last few years or whatever. I know where it is. It's just today I set out to go and I rolled into the old location and I, and I went so far. I did not, I did not realize it until I was actively having a conversation with the receptionist and they were trying to figure out who the hell I was (laughs) saying that I had an appointment. And they were like, well, did you mean to go to this place or this place? And then they finally said the name of the place. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. I did mean to go there. Sorry about that. I will uh, never see you again. Goodbye. (laughs) Run run out the door. And thankfully, though, I guess at this point, I'm old enough where when I do stupid shit like that, I think it's funny. You know, I don't have that. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Let me oh, run it no, or, we you know, we or whatever. It, it, it's not really like that. I just kind of use it as an opportunity to give myself shit. And I will well, tell yeah, that you know, story to anybody who listens. Cause I just think it's funny. And you know that, you know, that if you'd have done that at, at 19, you'd have been mortified as hell. Oh yeah. I would have been like, Oh God. Cause when you're a teenager, even a late stage teenager, like a 19 year old or something like that. I think you're still late stage at 25 really, but uh, I'm, late stage. I'm late stage at 40 now. <laughs> Let's just but, be honest. But when we're all teenagers, we think the whole world is staring at us constantly. And uh, so, yeah, that would have been a part of it. If it would have been like, I would have turned around all red faced and ran out oh, the door. Well, but, well, yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with that as a father right now. I've got my, my daughter is 12. And she she literally believes that everybody on the planet is paying attention to her, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. and we have to we have to tell her that that no nobody I cares. To, I, I, hate <laughs> bust, I hate to bust your little ego, but um, yeah, nobody cares about you except me and your mother, <laughs> right? And, you know if uh, you know, and her her big thing with that is, you know, she thinks that she thinks that my wife talks too loudly in public, <laughs> and. And she she doesn't. I've been out in public with this woman many times over the last sixteen or seventeen years, and she she speaks at a normal speaking volume. But to hear my daughter tell it, you know, you think she has a megaphone mm-hmm. and is and is out there saying embarrassing things. But but I mean, to the point to where to where she will get she will get fucking hostile about it, <laughs> you know, and and. And I hear about it later, you know, my wife will come busting in and she'll be like, she'll be like, I, I hate your kid. Your, I hate kid. your kid. Yeah. It's my kid all of a sudden. Uh-huh. But I, she goes, I hate your kid. And I'm like, why? And she's like, cause she's, she's being a witch about, about being out with me apparently. And you know, it's just, I, I don't know what it is about the teenage mind that is so, or the preteen or the teenage mind that is so ego driven that, uh, you you think that that what you do is the most important thing on the planet? I guess it's a matter of perspective, but you know, you, I think I think uh, you you listeners that are around our age, I think you get I think you come to a, a very slow realization that you don't fucking matter. <laughs> and hopefully you do because that's it, it, you know, 
Mm-hmm. I think that's a decent mentality to have. Just it avoids a lot of assumptions now, don't and get bad me wrong. behavior. Don't get me wrong. You matter to the people that love you. For sure. You know, but as far as maybe but that's but that's like that's like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent of the population and the other ninety nine point nine 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 repeating percent people couldn't care less if you live, died, or you know, shit in a pot somewhere. They don't care. I love you it. Know? This is a tangent here, but you just said something that always you said it correctly, but it always triggers me when people don't. It's the I could care less. Um, you hear people say that all the time. It's, it's just, it's wrong. It's totally wrong. And it bothers me to no end. It's a, just listen to what you're saying. Well, what you're people, saying doesn't make sense. When say people it. say, when people say that, I always say, so that means you could care less, right? Mm, yeah. 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 You, you could care a little less. You right? could care less. So you're saying you do care. Yes. You, you do care to an extent that you could care less. It's like, I'm, I'm kind of with Steven there. You know, think about what you're saying. Just, just, just think about it. I'll, I'll think of it later, but there's another fairly common thing like that, that people say, but I think that, I think they actually are saying it correctly, but I've always thought it doesn't make sense. Doesn't sound right. I'm yeah. And I've, I've lost it because I'm at that point where I forget things too, I guess. Well, Uh, I mean, the fact that you went to the wrong, the wrong optometrist, you know, it's time for the nursing home. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if that if that was my dad, that's the conversation we'd be having. That's true. Is, that's true. Is, are, are you are you are you okay? Do you know where you're at? Do you know what planet you're on? Mm. You know, is it time for the home? You know, of course, he'd look at me and say, "Kiss my ass." But you know, it's just <laughs> you know, it's uh, I'm not that damn old. But uh, um, but yes, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting talking about talking about you know my daughter, my wife talking about the human, the human, you know, connections that we have, because that gets me thinking about relationships and any of our listeners, especially, you know, you know, those are, I don't want to, I don't want to discriminate against the, the age of our listeners, but those that are our age and beyond, especially uh, have had, you know, numerous encounters, positive and negative with, with the various relationships in their lives, you know, and, and, that's that's I think what what I want to what I want to talk about today is the dynamic of relationships, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, you know, what 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 you get out of them are misconceptions with relationships. You know that we have with people, things like that. Hold on, let me go get my. Uh, what is he wearing? Like a he's wearing like a trench coat, John Cusack in that movie where he's got the. <laughs> oh, the that's box. say anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's got. Let me go get that. If, that, if that's what we're talking about, in your eyes. I'll be right back. <laughs> get a little Peter Gabriel going there, and uh, you know, I mean, I mean, and I'm sorry. Just as a tangent, that shit's not romantic. That's stalkerish. There's a you lot know? of that stuff back then, though. That it, they, you know, it was just the peak of romance. But um, now, I think most people are like, "Ugh, creepy." Ugh, I'd call the cops if he did that. Right. You know, that a lot of, of those, though. a lot of those tropes of old eighties romance movies. And even into the nineties, a lot of that stuff's just very, Ooh, I don't, I don't think so. It's like the whole, uh, you know, you've usually got the bad boy that like slaps his hand on the wall to keep the girl from going somewhere. Uh-huh. And that's one of those things where 95% of the time that is the wrong move. Yeah, exactly. Because because you are you are not the guy. 
you yeah. know, that, that she wants doing that. If you are, it's great. They're like, oh, oh whatever. It, it's, it's perfect. But it's one of those things. You're either absolutely correct or you are bad wrong. You are dead there, wrong. There's no in between. There's no, there's no uh, middle ground for that move. So no, I, it's not one that I recommend. It's not one that I've ever done. Not, I don't, I don't think that I have. I, I assume that not because that's just a lot. It's a whole lot. Yeah. It's, but, uh, it's, it's in the, in the, uh, in the parlance of my, of my daughter's generations. It's sus. It's yeah. It's, like, it's so, very, it's very cringe. Yeah, uh, cringe. So, yeah. I, I'm, unless they're hot, unless it's a hot boy, you know, and then, <laughs> and then it's fine. All of a sudden, you know, I, I had a friend one time, uh, uh, our friend Josh was re- reminded me of this story. We were hanging out with her and, uh, she was talking about that kind of stuff where like, Oh, I, I'm just so tired of all these, these girls. They, they bitch about, they just date assholes all the time and like, Oh God, they're horrible people or whatever. But I sure do like his dick. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that's basically the mentality, right? Like if if yeah. if they're hot or you're into them for whatever reason, there's nothing they can do that's bad. Well, but to everyone else seeing this from the outside, that's cringe. Yeah, it's either it's either drop dead good looks, a lot of money, or he's hung like a horse, you know, and that's uh, Yeah, whatever you know, whatever the and and I we're being very uh we're being very heterosexual centric, but it doesn't matter who we're talking about, right? Like that's let's just make this assumption. We're talking about any pairs, any attraction, doesn't matter. We're not uh Well that we're I, not I bigoted or anything like that. We're just we're just talking about from our experience. All all we're talking about is is that for you ladies, that whole sense of humor thing, I don't think your polls are accurate on that. So, you know, it's because uh, I got plenty of sense of humor and uh I didn't, I didn't have a lot of su- I didn't have a lot of success, so uh, I don't I know. Co- I'm going to take co- a poll. I think Cosmo's been lying to us. I need to be taking time. a poll. Uh, Cosmo, I was trying to. It took me a minute earlier today. I was thinking about that because uh, that was another thing I was going to say. We're we're having our Cosmo episode of our show today. There you, uh, go. There you go. But the but the guy version is what is that Maxim? Ugh, yes. Was that the thing? Because yes. that 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 started when we were basically in high school, right? I think was when that that came out. I think so. Yeah. And I'm assuming it's still a thing. I mean, these days, if I want to look at an attractive person, there are other avenues for that for me. But uh, sure, sure. But uh, yeah, Maxim, that used to be the the one. You got the the, the cover girl, and then the the articles that were like it was like. 22 year olds teaching 17 year old stuff about sex. So they didn't really know the shit what they were talking about either. Right. Right. Exactly. It's, it's the same man. And the cosmos, the same. It's just for the other side. Right. Well, it just, it just goes to show you that, that when you're talking about movies, you're talking about TV, you're talking about any, any media, you're talking about these magazines, whether it be cosmopolitan, whether it be Maxim, you know, penthouse forum, whatever you want to talk about, <laughs> you know, um, whoa, yeah, <laughs> I well, recently Play, moved. Playboy's got I, the articles. I recently moved to a small Midwest town. I was washing my truck, and twenty, <laughs> che- and 20 cheerleaders gave me a reach around. You know, yep. it was, I mean, it's something like that. Name and name and address withheld. You right, know, it's it's shit like that. They they have no concept of how of how real human relationships are conducted, and how and how they and how the interactions of people. I mean, it's, you see it everywhere. It's just ridiculous. And, and, you know, there are things, 
there are things that I've brought into relationships. There are misconceptions I've brought into relationships that I brought into my own marriage, uh, that my wife brought into our marriage, that we had to learn very much the hard way that that's just not how it goes. That's mm-hmm. just not how it works. And, you know, it, it's, it's very interesting to me, you know, how just the dichotomy there, because I've always, and that's the argument we used to have is it is it sets up unrealistic expectations for, for these relationships. And, you know, all you're going to do is end up disappointed in the end. And it doesn't, it doesn't facilitate a strong, you know, strong relationship. And I'm not even talking about, I'm not even talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about any relationship you engage in, uh, whether it be with friends whether it be with your family, whether it be with a significant other, it doesn't matter. The expectation, I mean, Friends, the show Friends is the biggest load of horseshit peddled in, the, peddled in modern U.S., you know, modern American history as far as this is how Friends operate. No, that's not how Friends operate because, you know, evidently these people don't have jobs. <laughs> well, they they do, but none of them seem like they should be making enough to have those, those kick-ass apartments that they have in the middle of New York. Well, it doesn't seem like they're going to work long enough to even collect a paycheck. <laughs> that's you true. You know, it's too. just you know that that's the other side of it. You know, I mean, I, I want to see a I want to see a realistic version of Friends where you know they don't see each other for six months. Yeah, because because they can't get their calendars right. You know, and it's just uh, that's the more that's more of the reality, but. I think more of what I want to focus on is more of, of relationships of the romantic variety. Um, you know, I know that I know that for me, you know, me and Stephen both we've we've both had different experiences uh, when it comes to when it comes to uh, female companionship. Let me put it that way. Um, you know, mine mine has been mine has been for the most part positive. Um, Stevens has been, has been mixed, shall we say. Um, and I think, I think what we want to, I think that's kind of what I want to, again, I want to discuss today is, is I want to look at that dichotomy of where we've seen, you know, want to go over the positives in those relationships and the negatives in those relationships, because don't get me wrong. I've got plenty of negatives that come from long-term marriage, but, um, that's, that's kind of what, that's kind of what I want to discuss today. So. Um, I guess, I guess I'll, I guess I'll start off by talking about, talking about the positives of marriage. Okay. Of, of the relationship that I am. So just to give you some background, I, you know, I'm married. Uh, I've been with my wife, not quite 16 years yet married. Um, we'll be married 16 years this, this October. Um, we've been together for 17 years. Uh, I've known her for 20 and you know, so so I've I've had a long term relationship with this with this woman. She you know she's the mother of my child, um, and my wife. So you know, I, I guess the biggest positive that I pull out of out of the relationship I have with my wife is, you know, if you're doing marriage right, if you're doing if you're doing long term relationships right, they they should also they should not only be your partner, but they should also be your friend. And, and that is definitely the case with with my wife. She is she's she's not only my wife; she's my friend. And I kind of think that in terms of in terms of especially a marriage, that that dynamic has to be there. You have to be friends with that person because uh, if not, you would murder each other. 
I mean, and, and I and I don't say that with hyperbole. You would probably murder each other. Um, just because if any of y'all that have ever had a roommate before can tell you know can tell that you know it doesn't take long living with another person to, to realize that they just annoy the ever living shit out of you. That's a whole other. <clears throat> that's a whole other. Uh subject we could get into is just our favorite roommates that we've oh, ever had Christ. <laughs> everybody has a I, everybody has a bad roommate story everybody and if not a bad roommate story at least you have a roommate that we will say is quirky you know yeah sure um but but you know and that i i see a lot of marriages that turn into that arrangement where it's just like it's almost like they're roommates and, you know, there have been times in my own marriage where I've, I've, I've felt like that with my wife where we're just, you know, because you have ups and downs in marriage and you have, you have, uh, you have periods where, you know, it's, it's very strong and it's very good and you're, you're very into each other. And then you have periods of time where you're not so into each other, you know, and, you know, you still, you still love each other and you still trust each other, but you don't really, you don't really fucking like them, you know, and that, that's. I mean, there, there's a lot of instances where my wife and she could probably testify to the same that, that there's days, I mean, I love the woman, but someday I don't fucking like her for whatever reason, <laughs> you know? I mean, and she would say the same thing. She, you know, we've had this conversation numerous times over the years that, you know, you know, we, we get annoyed at each other for various things, you know, and, and, but, you know, we, we managed to make it work despite you- that, so. Get on somebody's nerves? No, no, no. You're lying to me. Shit. So, I mean, you know. So, so I guess I guess the biggest positive that I take away from from the relationship I have with my wife is we have managed to we have managed to become friends as well as partners. And in my in my humble opinion, because I'm just an idiot. In my in my humble opinion, that's probably the most important foundation to that relationship is the fact that I would I would enjoy spending time with her even if she wasn't my wife. So, um, so it's convenient then. It's, it's really <laughs> convenient that she is then because well, it helps. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. it's not, now, not now lie, you get to spend all this time with this person that you're friends with. I, I mean, well, and and. You know, and just like just like anybody else's friends, I mean, you, you you get annoyed with each other sometimes. You know, I mean, I've I've known I've known Stephen for God, how long have we known each other? Hmm. 30, 30 years at this point, close. I mean, at least you know, approximately that. Yeah, I mean, we 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 grew up together. Let me put it that way, and I, I can assure you that there are times when Stephen has been annoyed with me. And vice versa, you know, you, you can't avoid that when you're, when you have any sort of relationship with a person. I can honestly say, I don't think that I've ever annoyed anyone in my entire life. You're fucking lying to yourself. I I feel very strongly about that. Well, I don't think your feelings mesh with reality, Mm. but, (laughs) but, but you know what, but you know what? I annoy the shit out of people too. Because, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not the easiest person to get along with. And there's a lot of people like that. There's just some people, you know, sometimes, sometimes you're not hard, easy to get along with. Sometimes you are. That's just, that's part of the dynamic of being human, I think. 
Um, Unless you're one of those uh, annoying people pleaser types. Ugh. That even that gets annoying in itself. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it, it kind of, have you ever, I'm sure you have, I, I can think of a few people like that, that it's just immediately. The sick of they're, they're not, no, it's, it's just, they're nice, but they're too nice. Oh, so and it's, they, contri- it's contrived and fake. Yeah. Or even if it's not, I, I mean, I think I've, I feel like I've met people who are genuinely just nice and like considerate to a fault uh-huh. where they consider other people before themselves, but it's oh, okay. all the time yeah, so that it's, that. it's hard to gauge when they really are ha- happy with what's going on. And I, this could be, it's even worse if you're in a relationship with a person like this, but I'm just oh, talking yeah. about even associates or friends or something like that. It, yeah, there, there are some people that, you know, they try really hard to please everybody. And even that is annoying. Well, you know, and, and, and I, I think, I think at least for me, I think where that's annoying is, you know, you can tell with those people when something is bothering them, Yeah, but they won't say anything. Right. Because they're so, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a compulsive need to please, or if it's a fear that, that they'll, they'll damage that relationship somehow or whatever that, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, but they just, they won't speak up and be honest about what's on their mind. And it's, it gets annoying because they let people run all over them. Yeah. And if you are, if you're in a relationship with someone like that, you know, a lot of time, a lot of the time they may not realize that the fact that they're trying to, you know, I mean, it's not even compromise. It's just giving the other person their way constantly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. is, is damaging the relationship. Oh, sure. Because, you know, for one thing, I guess you have to be a really particular kind of asshole to enjoy mm-hmm. being with someone like that. Yeah. You know, like that, because there are people who they do want their way all the time. Sure. But that's not a good, you know, that's not a good relationship either. No, and so no. then you have these pushover people that are with them and they're getting that. And then they're, res- they're like slowly resenting it. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be some imbalance. There's always going to be some, you want to call it power dynamic or shift in the relationship or whatever, where maybe one person is more of the decision maker or whatever, mm-hmm. but there still has to be, they still have to be considerate of the other person. Well, sure. Sure. You know, I mean, I mean, I run into that with my wife, you know, we, you know, we're both, we're both very type A personalities. We're, we're, we're the type of people that, you know, we're the type of people that in a group, if nobody is taking charge, we're the type of people that'll take charge of the group. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're very, very headstrong people, um, both a little stubborn. Um, and that, that's probably, that's probably one area that we've had to learn the hard way over the, over the years is how to not be so damn stubborn and, you know, try to try to look at it from somebody else's perspective and try to try to have that compromise. Now, sometimes honest, I'm, you know, I'm just going to be honest, you know, sometimes I compromise just cause I'm fucking tired and I don't want to fucking argue. 
you know, that, that, yeah. I mean, compromise comes from that sometimes, and maybe that's not compromise, but sometimes, sometimes it's easier just to go her way. And sometimes it's easier to go my way. And we've recognized, we've recognized over the years when that is, you know, and when that's appropriate. Um, but I'll tell you when it comes to, the, and, and that's, that's another thing, you know, with me and my wife is, is on the real big, important stuff. We're, we're pretty well in lockstep on, on where we should be our position as a, as a, as a couple, as a family, whatever you want to call it, um, on, on those big issues. It's the petty bullshit that, that gets us arguing, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll fight over where we're going to eat, you know, and, and, and that's, and that's so common in these types of relationships that it's become a trope at this point, you know? Um, but I guess in my mind, if, if that's the stuff we're not compromising on, then, then we're doing pretty good. Yeah. It's not really, because I feel like both of you are pretty, you know, you might end up arguing about it or whatever, but it's not a real thing. Right. It's really, not a problem. Really the only really the only area where we have a real argument is with my daughter because um, I think a lot of it comes down to parenting styles and we we're not totally in agreement on parenting styles. Um, but we you know we we work it out in the end. You know, we figure it out in the end. You know, I'm I'm not gonna divorce her because she you know She's not parenting the way I think she should, you know, that kind of thing. It's not important enough for me to, to die on that hill. Sure. I guess, yeah, yeah. I guess is the thing, you know, and, and I, I have, I have my views on it. She has her views on it. And we, you know, there are times when, when my view is the correct view and her view is the correct view. And that's another thing we've had to learn to recognize, you know, with raising kids is, is, uh, is when, when each parent, you know, when, when a particular parent should step in and be the one, the one in charge of, of that issue. So, and that's really the only, argue, really the only arguing we ever do is, is over that. Now I will say this, when we first got married, holy shit, did we fight? <laughs> God damn, did we fight? Now, um, in hindsight, there, there's a few things, you know, there's a few things that were going on there. First of all, we were young when we got married. You know, we were, I mean, I was 23 years old when I got married and she was 24. So, um, we were, we were a couple of kids really relatively speaking, you know, going into marriage. Um, we, we both had honestly, just if I had to be honest with myself, we both had some maturing to do. Um, she had a view of marriage that was a little different than mine. You know, as she was, she was raised by, by parents that are still very much, um, trying to think the best way to put this. They're still, they're still very much, um, very active in their marriage. They're very much in love with each other. Mm -hmm. And it was almost, it was almost like a fairy tale. You know, they didn't, you know, there was no, there was no fighting, no arguing, you know, at least not in front of them you know, type of thing. Whereas, you know, so she, she had a view on what, on what it should be. Now, my view on it, my parents, my parents, the dynamic was a little different, you know, and, you know, my parents are still married to this day. You know, they've been married, what, 43 years and, you know, but, but they, 
there are some things in their marriage that are contentions and and my brother and I saw some arguments and you know we we got a I think we got a much more realistic view of how marriages work than my wife did and and that created some problems for us initially um I I had some issues of my own in terms of in terms of mental health um that I that I had to get a handle on and and I think I did and but I will say this, I, you know, one of the one of the dynamics that I found in in many relationships, not just marriages, but a lot of different relationships that that, that stand the test of time, is if 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 two people in a relationship go through some sort of some sort of crisis or some sort of tragedy together, and this probably applies more to marriages than anything, but if you have two people that go through like a major life crisis or go through a major life tragedy together. In my experience, what I've seen is that either, either that will destroy that relationship or it will totally temper it and and strengthen it. And that's kind of what happened to my wife and I, um, I guess it's been, what year is it? 2022. So it's been about eight years ago. I got sick. I mean, I got, I got bad sick. Like, you know, it was the quote, he might not make it sick. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it brought my wife and I together. You know, we were in a place in our marriage before I got sick. It wasn't a really good place, but we, we went through this major crisis together and we came out, we came out of it on the other end, much stronger for it. And, you know, I, I have seen, I have seen relationships, marriages specifically, where that same thing, type, same type of thing has happened, and it totally destroyed it. Right. So, you know, I think I think that's another dynamic in a successful relationship is is, you know, have you have you slogged through the bullshit of life together? And if you have, did you survive together? You know, and a lot of marriages don't. I mean, I mean, what's the statistic on marriages? And one time it was like one in two marriages you'll fail. Yeah. I don't know, but I've <clears throat> just on that specifically, it's also uh that statistic is kind of a fuzzy one. Yeah. Because there's a lot of other things that go into it. People like to throw that up there. Like as Certainly. part of marriage is dumb, but it, it's also a fuzzy statistic. So I don't know if I would go with that too often, but that what you're talking about going through problems, it reminds me of a story because uh, someone that I, watch he was is it oh uh his name's sam he's on the critical role show or whatever mm-hmm. and at one point they all did these interviews so it's like side episodes or whatever and they were talking about you know their lives how they got started and because they were all actors and then they did voice acting and they've done other things or whatever and his life is like extremely interesting uh even compared to most of the others, but he and his wife, uh, they kind of got together in a funny way, but, but by the time they were together, just dating, um, he was talking about the, the, the second he knew to the second of when this was the person he could spend his whole life with and, and trust this person forever. And it was because they were in New York during nine 11 and they were staying at a, a, a hotel or something that was 
either I can't remember if he said right across the street or close enough to see the buildings. Right. Like they were like looking at them and that stuff happened. And then throughout the, he, and he goes, he tells the story about all the stuff that was going on with them throughout the day, everything they had to do, you know, in that, in this like just craziest situation imaginable. Um, and he said, you know, at that point, when we handled all that together, that's, that's when I knew that was it because we went through something that like, so, you know, traumatic that so many people that were in New York went through that at the same time. Right. And they, there's uh, millions of different experiences with this big event that happened. Mm -hmm. And he said that they were able to handle it together in such a way that he had no doubt after that. Right. Right. And I always thought that that was interesting because it kind of goes on to what you're saying, like something really bad happens. Mm -hmm. And then you either someone, the person you're with, or you will say the relationship would not blame it on one person or another, but either that wilts or you go through it and you're better. Right. Right. And I think that that's an interesting thing. And, and I think also not, I don't think that that's something that really happens to a lot of people. Right. I mean, I'm sure it happens often enough to be common ish, but not every relationship gets that. Let's put you into the fire now. Well, I think, I think it happens. I think it happens at some level. Um, I don't think it's a September 11th level trauma. Sure. Or, you know, or that, like that, you're so sick, you almost die, you know, that kind of thing. But, but you know, there, there are a lot of, there are a lot of instances, instances I think with marriages where, you know, they're put to some sort of test where, you know, it's either, it's either you're going to make it through this or you're not. And, um, I think, I think a big part of, you know, looking at, looking at the dynamic on, on my situation, I think a lot of what, what happened was I saw a lot of things come out in my wife that, you know, during that time that, that I found extremely admirable. Mm -hmm. And I also, you know, looked at the fact that I'm, I'm going to tell you midway about midway through that year that I was so sick, I, I tried to run her off. You know, I, I told her, you know, because it was, there was a point there where it was looking like that I was going to be sick permanently and that I was going to end up on disability and I was going to be a, you know, I was going to be a, a, a burden. And, you know, I told her, I said, you need to just go. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that as like a, you were right. I'm saying, I, I'm just mean like you're, you're kid you, you're kidding me. No, no. I mean, I, I told her, I said, you need to go, you need to take Morgan and go. And, um, you deserve more than this. You'll be happier without me, you know, dragging you down, you know, all this. And she didn't, she refused to go, you know, because, you know, she, you know, she looked at, she looked at, you know, some of it came from upbringing. Some of it came from her own personal ethics that, that, uh, you know, she said, I'm in this for the long haul. You know, she, you know, we really, we really take that whole sickness and health thing seriously. And, and she not, and not only was she, not only was she working full time and taking care of our daughter, but she was taking care of me too. And doing it all by her, and well, she wasn't all by herself, but she was for for a large part of it. You know, we had luckily we had a lot of familiar familial support. Yeah, if, if we had not had that, not had that strong social network that we had, 
I'm not sure we would have made it. You know, that, 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 that really helped. Um, but I was just, I was just shocked. It, to me, it was shocking to, to think that she had a chance to cut and run and she didn't because, you know, in my, I guess in my messed up cynical brain, you know, my, my whole thing was hell, no same person would do this. You know, what, what, what person in their right mind would stay and subject themselves to, to this? And she did. And, I mean, it's like when that happened, it's like a switch flipped for me. And, you know, I began to, I began to realize, it's like, man, this, this, this woman really does care about me. She really, she, she cares if I live or die. And, you know, because at, at that point, you know, you know, we look at marriage, you know, marriage in the United States is kind of a fucked up thing to begin with. You know, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about this, the, the, that quote unquote sanctity of marriage. Sure. And, and I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah. There, there is no sanctity of marriage in America. I mean, we, we have, I mean, you can get, you can get married tonight in, in Las Vegas by an Elvis impersonator. There, there's, there's no sanctity to marriage in this country. And I, and the thing is, is I bet a lot of the people, you know, I bet a this and this is just me making something up, but I feel very strongly about it mm-hmm. that there's probably a pretty significant percentage of the people who have done that that stayed together. Sure. Well, I know of one. I know of one specifically. <laughs> I mean, I really do. I, I know. I know. A, I know a, a couple that that's exactly how they got married. Actually, huh. I know two. Actually, I know two that that's exactly how they got married. And they're still wow. together, going strong. There you go. You know, I, I guess I guess what I mean by sanctity of marriage is is I don't think people I don't think people take the institution very seriously in terms of of sticking it out with somebody. Yeah, what it means. And and yeah. it's, speaking of someone whose marriage lasted about three and a half years. Right. We didn't really. But I think in my experience, uh so I got married about, well, I was basically the same age as you when you got married. We got married the same year. I think we were about six months apart. Yeah. And, but for us, and I really, I really feel like it was a, it was a marriage out of family pressure because we had already decided that we were going to go to South Korea and teach English. And, I will, I will say maybe a little of this was at least projected or I felt like I, maybe I projected some of this onto my grandparents. Like they probably wouldn't have wanted us to go live together in another country like that, that very old school thinking, you know, but I think that if I had just decided I'm doing that, there wouldn't have been much said, but on her end, her parents and the people they ran around with, they were very much more of that. And I think that that, that, that led to us getting married a little earlier than we wanted to. Also, we were both stupid. And so the responsibility, was, theme. <laughs> the, the responsibility is mostly on us, of course. Like I'm not trying to put that on other people. Um, cause at the end of the day, we made the decision, right. but 
We were two people that we dated off and on for a long time. We had been dating for a couple of years at that point. And it was just where we're from, all the stuff goes into it. And we just thought, well, that's, of course, that's what you're supposed to do. Right. So we did that and then discovered that, well, we're really not that great of a match, mm-hmm. you know? And so our experiences afterward kind of taught us that like, oh man, we just do not see life the same way. And, and probably should have figured that out first, right. you know? Um, and so we did and, it, but it was, you know, when we split up, it was more of a um, amicable thing. We both kind of realized that was necessary and that it would be a good idea. And so we did. Right. And then, so, but since then, you know, it's been, let's see about 12 years now mm-hmm. for me. And so I, I've spent the last 12 years as a person that was, I, we, we split up when I was about 29, I think 20. Yeah. That same drop. 29 going into 30, I believe it was about the time. Uh, 24. No, it would have been like 28 going into 29. So anyway, I'm not quite 30 yet. I'm moving back. We lived in Connecticut at the time. I moved back here to Arkansas for a little while, trying to then figure out what, what the hell I'm going to do with myself. Uh, and then I moved to Little Rock with our buddy Josh. And we, we, I lived there for two years and we always had a third roommate, but it, one year it was somebody and next year it was somebody else. And so I'm getting reacclimated to basically single life after having spent, you know, a significant portion of my time with the same person throughout my twenties, you know? And so I'm getting used to, you know, date. I didn't really date anybody like the first year, year and a half. I wasn't that concerned with it, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause there was still a little bit of like getting used to getting over a relationship, you know, even if you decide, okay, this isn't necessary. It's still not an easy transition, or at least I'm not the type of person to just finish one and jump right into another right. type of thing. I've never been that way. And I, I don't know how to do that. And I don't understand people who do, but, um, so I'm getting acclimated into this idea of, Oh, I, I have to start asking people out. You know, I have right, to, right, I have to right. learn how to do this again. And it really wasn't until I got to Chicago that I started doing that. And that's when I, I dove into, you know, on, then it's online dating, Ooh, which yeah. that was a whole thing for me because I'd never used that at all. And as a matter of fact, my only even partly partial experience with using the internet to find a date was back in the days when that was like an embarrassing thing to have done. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. For our for our younger listeners out there, internet dating used to be kind of a kind of a stigma. It used to be a badge of shame. Yeah. It's like it's like you couldn't it's like it was almost an indication of you you're such a social defect that you can't go out and interact with people face to face, so you have to do it online. I mean now now internet dating is shit it's common as hell you know that, now it's but, actually most the most likely thing that people would do right but back but back then it was it, there was a bit of a stigma attached to it 
So I get up to Chicago and then this is like where a lot of the comedy starts to come in. Cause now you're watching <laughs> this guy who has no clue how to do any of this stuff. And, uh, you know, never really been, I I've never been the type of person that can just walk up to somebody in a bar and start talking to them. Mm. Uh, I, I just, I have never done that because I can immediately sense the bullshit in myself. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. it, it does take a load of a little bit of bullshit to do that. Because you are bullshitting them. Like sure. it doesn't matter if it's if it's you know you're going about it the correct way or whatever, or if you're you know you're a secret predator or whatever. You know, like there's right. bad and good versions of this. You can be a very good people person and uh, talkative, outgoing, all that stuff or whatever. And even in doing that. For myself, I always have the sense of when I'm doing that, I know I'm bullshitting just to talk to this attractive person. They definitely can know it and it's going to fail. Oh, yeah, they 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 sense it immediately. But in my mind, I've already jumped to I fa- I'm going to fail because I know I'm doing this. Right. right. You know, and so I, you know, I, I've always been that, that type of person. But if you get me into a normal conversation. If I, if, if, if I happen to accidentally get into conversation with somebody at the bar, well, then I'm great. Right. Because I mean, I'm, I'm between introverted and extroverted. I'm, I'm basically smack in the middle. Right. I, I, I probably skew more toward introvert just a little bit, but, I'm an introverted person, but in social situations, I can function just fine right. and get along well with people. And I don't have any problems with that. See, I'm, and, I'm the same, I'm the same way. I, I'm, I would, I would prefer not to, not to socialize regularly, but, but if I have to, I can. Yeah. So, it's, and, it's, and so it's, it's not a bad, it's not a bad thing for me to be out doing like socializing or whatever. It's just, again, I, I don't like bullshit. I don't like, I don't like pickup lines. I don't like cold approaches to people. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like doing those things you're, because you're not, you're not a peacocker. You don't like, yeah, peacock. right. Right. I don't like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't do that too much either. And <laughs> that's such so, a, that's such a douchebag technique. I'm, if I'm you, sorry. But if you can get me in a situation where I'm having to strike up a conversation with someone and it's a natural conversation, mm then all that fades away. I'm, I'm totally fine. For instance, so this is still a, like, I'll make fun of myself here type of story. But the first year I lived in Chicago, uh, I went out with, it was uh, Briner, one of our mutual friends, right? He, it was when he lived up there. Right. And it was his girlfriend at the time. It was her birthday, which is coincidentally my brother and sister's birthday. So that was funny. Uh, so we go out, we go out to this bar and uh, it's, you know, a group of their friends are there. I don't really know anyone but them, but you know, it's fun meeting people, whatever. I head to the bar and there just, there happens to be a very uh, attractive woman sitting at the bar by herself and she has an iPad and she's reading the Walking Dead comic and at the bar. And she's got a drink, but she's just sitting here reading this comic. And I mean, you could not have painted a better like nerd person sitting at a bar drinking for me to talk to. 
mean, that's a custom custom built social situation right there. So then I have this, you know, I have a, a, a reason to say something to this person that isn't just completely made up or whatever. And so I start talking to her, but I also, I ordered some drinks for the table. So the drinks come. So I have to go back. Well, then I'm like, well, I have to make up. I've got to, I got to down my beer and get back over there. You know, I need to go order something else now. And so I go, I ask her what she's drinking. She's drinking a stout. I'm into stouts. That's more of my thing when I drink beer. Um, And so she's, she's drinking what I've never heard of. I'm going to try that again, something to talk about. I kid you not. I said that I ignored the birthday party for two and a half hours talking to her mm-hmm. and, and like anybody, I could just tell you the, the length of time that I sat there and you know, Oh, that was going well then. <laughs> one, would, one, one would think. Right. So all of a sudden I'm sitting here having a great time talking to this person. I feel a tap on the shoulder. They're ready to go. My, my party is ready to leave now. And so I'm like, oh yeah, okay, let me finish this and I'll be ready. Finish. I'm like, okay, whatever. Let's just skip because this is what my brain did. So I'm going to take you through it this way in the conversation. The next thing I know, I'm sitting in the back seat of their car, ready to go home. We take off. A few blocks goes by. The guy driving the car is like, hey man, so when are, when are you calling that girl? Like, good job. <laughs> And, and I kind of blink, like, it's one of those things where it's like, somebody's talking talking in my direction, but what they're saying doesn't make any sense to me. Right. And so I'm kind of like, what? And I noticed that, uh, uh, Briner and his, uh, Susanna are looking at me like, like, Hey, yeah, what's, what's the deal there? You know? And, and I kind of look around the car and I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and he got, he kind of does like this, like he stops at a stoplight and he kind of does this, like, look back, like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? And he goes that the person you're talking to yeah, the whole the time, like, did, like her number, when are you going to, you going to call her? Asked, like, that seemed like it was going well. And I was like, wait, like what number? And, and and Bronner's like, are you telling me you ignored the birthday party I invited you to for three hours and you didn't get, even get a phone number? And the guy immediately was like, do you need me to turn around and go back? <laughs> and at that point, you know, it hit me. And yes, that was probably the right thing to do was to turn around, go back, run in there, be like, I'm a moron. Right. What's your phone number? Or, you know, do you want to go out next weekend? Whatever, you know, that's a great, that's a, that's another thing. Like pro tip, if you can accept and admit when you are wrong in a normal, like no big deal-ish sort of way, but just put it out there, that is usually endearing to people. And I had a prime opportunity to do that, to, to have some, you know, humor at my own expense, self-deprecating humor. You know, I'm really, I'm very good at that. And I did not, I was just like, no, I'm defeated. I'm a dumbass. Take me home. Well, you are a dumbass because that was another opening. I don't deserve to, I don't deserve to go back because yeah. I'm a moron. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Two observations about that story. First of all, 
you could be married to that girl right now. Mm. Okay. Because, mm. because you're a moron, you're not. Uh, In the multiverse somewhere. I am. Right. Right. The second observation I've got is that here, here's the thing. Let, let's, let's, um, let's flip that around a little bit and let's say that it did occur to you to get her number. Now, in, in my limited experience with single life as an adult, you know, that's one of those situations where like 999,999 times out of a million, you would get a drink thrown in your face for doing that. It seems like. But, for doing you know, what? Wait, for, 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 no, 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 no. For, for having, for having the, for having the balls to say, Hey, can I have your number? No creep. You can't have my number. No, and I don't. Then, think, and, I and, mean, then the one, and then the one fucking time you got an opening and you don't do it. <laughs> oh, you're talking about, okay. I think I misunderstood. You're talking about just cold asking somebody right, that versus, right. yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I don't and, think, and, I don't think too many people try that move any like no. that man much, but yeah. Well, or and, like, are you start off, you start off with some dumb one liner that, that they've heard a million times or, or there's, there's even worse levels of, now oh, we sure. get it. We're getting into like true creeper mode. And so, <laughs> roofie, yeah, you, you roofie, that. <laughs> roofie. <laughs> yeah, that kind of that kind of bullshit. Um, but you know, yeah, I had this. I had this like custom made situation. Yeah, that never happens. And I mean, and, and, and I just blew it. And and I'll tell you though, that was not the only time that I did that. Oh, Stephen. Uh, this time was more of a. Another time I was out of the, it was after, it was during grad school. We had had some event that we did. And then afterward, most of us went out to a bar that was like, it was more of a downtown, you know, people getting off of work, go to this bar. So it's mm-hmm. most people in there are, are dressed for, you know, business right. stuff. And so it's, it's not, I'm just painting a picture that it's not a dive bar. It's not a professional. Attire, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like professional attire. That's what we were doing. We were in there, but it was packed and we had to wait in line to get to the bar. And we're about seven people deep in this line. And it's also a place that has food. It's a restaurant as well. So there are tables and there's this, there's the foursome sitting at a table and on the side, uh, closest to the line when i get up you know i'm talking to my friends in the line or whatever and for anybody listening uh i'm sure i don't have to tell you that i have a pretty obvious accent Hmm. and so as you know people hear me in chicago i was constantly you know where are you from you know that that thing uh and again i i feel you know someone kind of tug on my my sport coat a little bit i turn around it's you know a, a very, a very attractive woman sitting there and she's giving me the, where are you from? Except she's got the Georgia accent. Uh, and so she's just picking up on, you know, common, <laughs> common southerner in the city. Yeah. 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 And so that starts about an hour and a half of me. Okay. So it turns out it's like her two people. She works with guy and another girl. And then her own mom who was in town and they were taking her out, you know, on the town for the weekend or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sitting here now, like most popular guy at their table. Mm-hmm. Cause I've had just enough. I've had just enough drink so far to be at that level. Right. right? Not too much, not too little. 
you know, the gold. A little liquid interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just enough, uh, enough of that. And again, goes in. My group's leaving. I'm like, oh, sorry, got to go. Whatever. Boom, pop out. We get two blocks down the road, and one of my friends is like, hey, you know, same, same basically deal. And I'm like, oh, I didn't ask. <laughs> except, except this, except this time it was still, it was more of a, I didn't really, I didn't really forget or, or think like, oh, that's a thing that I shouldn't do because I'd already had this one experience that was in my mind. It, it was just a, do I even want to? Right, right, right. And I couldn't decide that. And so I just went with nah. And I think most people would respond, yes, of course you do. You go out and then you decide if it's it was good or not. Right. You know? And so I just, I still chalk that up as I wasted an opportunity there. Yeah, in, well, in a dumb way. But at well, least that time I kind of decided, but I made the wrong decision. Well, let, speaking speaking of Georgia girls, let me take you back in time a little further. And uh, let's go back to let's go back to our 18th year on the planet. Or I guess in, in your case the 18th year, in my case the 17th year. And we're going to set up the scene. This is a club in Cancun, Mexico. And I I, I not only get a chance to to hook up with one Georgia girl, but three Georgia girls. And I am so fucking oblivious to what's going on that I missed that opportunity. You sure did, and we all watched you do it, too. I know, and the they funniest, watched me crash and fucking burn, The man. funniest thing is that we're all sitting there watching this happen in our, within arm's reach. And not a slap the fuck out of me. No, not a single one of us would even bother to try to like assholes wing that situation or anything. No, no, no wingman at all. (laughs) Michael, Michael's really, he's really, he's really getting, getting along with these, this, this group here, you know, like, like that's, that's, that's what we're supposed to be doing down here at this age in Cancun, Mexico. Should we help? Nah. (laughs) Fuck him. He's on his own. Nah, but uh, but you got to understand too that that at this point in my life, I was I was such a I was so socially stunted that the fact that the fact that I was even talking to three attractive girls should have gotten the attention of everybody that I went there with, you know. And and now I was I was I was kind of I was the same situation you're talking about. I was just lubed up enough with alcohol mm-hmm. that I was interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and you get over that. There is a there is a zone. Yeah. It, it doesn't last very long, right? No, it's very no. fragile. But there is a zone that I can find myself in, where any sort of anxiety or whatever goes away, but I'm still fully in control of everything that I'm saying, exactly. and and everything that I'm doing. And I'm not going to, I'm, I'm really, truly, I know it's like sometimes people will say this and they're actually, you look at the, it's, it's like that scene from Wolf of Wall Street when he's driving his car home from the uh-huh. country club and uh-huh. his version is, and I made it back and there wasn't a scratch on it. Right. And then it flashes back and you see what really happened and it's just completely total. Just beats the shit out right. of that car. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is, is I'm still, there is a zone where you can 
actively recognize that you are in that sweet spot mm. and you aren't wrecking the car. Right. And, and, and you are having the, the kind of conversations that you think you're having. Right. Now you, you are as interesting as you think you are. Now one more drink and you won't be, well, and the, and the, and the flip side of that is let's say you decide to try to control it and you, you temper your drinking. Well, then you start sobering up and the anxiety starts coming back. And, you know, I've had that happen before too, where, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm where I need to be and I'm going to stop drinking. Well then after, after an hour of that, it's like, you know what? I'm fucking tired. I'm ready to go home. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. And so I I just, I'm going to tell you the, the trials and tribulations of single life makes me, it, it, there's part of me, it's a big part of me makes me glad I'm married because I think about if I had to go out today in my current state, if I had to start dating again, I wouldn't stand a fucking chance out there. You know, I, uh, I have a, I have a, I have a lot more to say on this topic, actually. This might, this might have to carry over into another episode. It might have to, cause I've talked about, I've talked about the virtues of marriage for for quite a while and and yeah i I, I think steven has a lot to say about the virtues the virtues and really the trials and tribulations of single life yeah and i will i will say and i'll I'll be honest with anybody listening here i I don't i'm not really gonna sugarcoat my part of it there's as much stupidity on my side Mm -hmm. as on the other side and then with a healthy dose of just you know it just didn't work out You know, some people, my fault, some people, their fault, some people, no one, you know? And, and so, and I have a pretty widespread of those experiences that's like, I'm not going to, you know, I I won't be naming names or anything like, not that any, I would expect anybody to ever, (laughs) any of them to ever hear any of this to to matter, but I'm sure I'm not going to be that guy, but, uh, but I I definitely have some experiences of mine that I, I hope some people listening out there would relate to and, uh, you know, maybe get something out of, I don't know, maybe not, but it'll feel, it'll feel all right for me to tell some of these stories, I guess. Right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll carry that over to another episode then. And cause I, I'm very, I'm very curious to hear your take on that because what I, I think a big I think a big point of what I wanted to do was was really just demonstrate the dichotomy between between single and married life and the fact that you know it really doesn't matter whether you're married or you're single you're still you're still subject to the same human foibles and weaknesses that you are either way because I've I've got just as much idiotic things I've done as a married man as Stephen has as a single man. So you know it's 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 a very interesting dichotomy, and that's one we'll that's one we'll carry over for the next episode. So before I forget, and you kind of you kind of hit on this a little earlier, um, I want I want to talk about the idea of apologizing and admitting when you're wrong. All right, um, who and, does something like that? Ooh. Oh well, people people who aren't sociopaths for starters, um, <laughs> but. Um, you know, if you're if you're in a situation and you you maintain some sort of view or you maintain some sort of position or you have done something and you are clearly in the wrong 
and it can be it can be proven either through either through witnesses or through research or through you know whatever the case may be if it can be you you can be shown right that you have erred in your ways be be a better person be a big person and admit you were wrong and apologize for you know especially if you're being an asshole about it you know apologize for being an asshole you know i was i was telling Stephen a story earlier before we before we started this episode about uh, I'd gone to, uh, I'd gone to pick up groceries for my wife and, you know, she goes back and forth between, uh, uh, Kroger and Walmart, depending on who she's, who she's mad at at the moment. Um, and who has the best deal, but, uh, she had asked me to pick up groceries and she had not given me any indication about where she had gotten her groceries from. And, uh, but I, I had it in my mind. I was just fucking convinced I'd have bet, I'd have bet the, the farm on it that she had she had bought those groceries at Kroger because I, I swear I'd seen her putting those groceries in that app. And so I, I go over to Kroger and Kroger's not far from our house. So I thought, well this is this is nice. It's just a couple minutes over and I'll get these and come back and we'll be cool. Well I get over to Kroger and uh, I call, you know, I do do the pickup and I, I call them and I say, hey, I've got an order here. Uh, it was under my wife's name, so I gave him my wife's name, and there, there's a beat for for a few seconds, and they go, um, "We don't have an order for that that person." And it it was, I think, I think what happened is it was a combination of I I had just gotten off work, I'd had a long day, I was tired, just kind of all these all these components came together into a, into a perfect storm. Well, it hit my jackass button, and. You know, I go, what do you mean you don't have the damn order? And they go, well, we, we don't have the order. I said, I know you, I know damn well you got the order because my wife put it in uh, yesterday. And I and she got a notification set was ready. So where's my, where's my groceries? And they said, well, I just, we don't, we don't show an order. I mean, they were nice as could be about it, despite the fact that I was being a real horse's ass. And I said, hold on a minute, I'm going to check on something. And so I pick up the phone and I text my wife. And I said, I said, where did you get groceries at? Because I'm sitting here at Kroger and they don't have your order. So what happened? And she goes, okay, dumbass. She goes, first of all, she goes, I bought them at Walmart. And you need to go over there and get the groceries. And so I immediately, you know, the type of person I am when I, when I step out of line like that, especially when I'm wrong, I immediately was like, oh shit, I have to, I have to make this right. So I, I just, I start, I said, you know, turns out, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I go, ah, turns out that my wife actually bought the groceries at Walmart and you know, they were cool about it. They could have been, yeah. they could have been just, just real assholes about it. And, and I said, you know, I said, she got them at Walmart. I'm, I'm sorry. I said, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have lashed out at you guys. That that you know it was my fault completely. And they were cool with it. They were like, "Hey, that's cool. You know, fine. Everybody makes mistakes." And I got off the phone and went to went to Walmart, picked up the groceries. So that's one of those that's situations I think we run into as people where we make a mistake like that. What do you you know? I guess what I guess the takeaway here is, you know, when you get in a situation like that, apologize, admit you're wrong. 
say, yeah, I'm an idiot, or yeah, I'm an asshole, and move on with your life. You know, you'll be a better person for it. The, the most, most important part of that is a lot of people, I guess, carry on with this idea of admitting their own fault or their own mistake is a weakness. Right. And it makes them look less, but it actually makes you look more. If you're the type of person that will take responsibility for whatever you've done and address it directly, like most people who interact with you in that way are going to walk away from that situation, liking you more, even though you made the mistake. Sure. Because now you're a person that accepts that admits it and moves on. So, so I think you know, that's a good takeaway. So yeah, the, the TLDR there is if, if you're wrong, don't be an asshole about it. You know, Say you're, you know, admit, admit when you're wrong and apologize for when you, when you do act like an asshole. As we've been talking about relationships too, especially in close relationships. Very important. I I, I can't tell you, I can't tell you the number of times I've had to come back and eat buckets of, of buckets of fucking crow. You, no way. Yeah. With my wife, you know, (laughs) where, you know, and, and you know, it, it, and a lot, and a lot of that has taught me that lesson that you know maybe you know there's a chance you're not right, and maybe you shouldn't be a dick about it, you know that that kind of thing. So yep. you know, I mean that's uh, that's just that's just that's our that's our little that's our little uh, the more you know, you know cue the cue the NBC music the more you know uh, a logo for for this episode. So. Uh, with that, I think that I think we're at a, at a place to close up, and and looks like we're going to carry this our our single versus married life conversation over into the next episode. So uh, we hope you guys tune in for the next episode and catch you know catch uh, the very riveting stories mm. of, of mm-hmm. Stephen's single oh, life yeah. because I've I've heard many of these stories and they they're good ones. Trust oh, me, sure, they're good sure. ones. Now so, they're all now you're like you're setting the bar way too high. Well, and my stories are going to suck. You better fucking perform then, Mon- <laughs> monkey. You need to perform, monkey. You know, and dance, uh, dance, dance, puppet, dance. But it's like Tropic Thunder, right? <laughs> exactly. But uh, but with that, we'll close up. And uh, if you you know if you have any questions about you know or any questions or comments or thoughts about what we're talking about today, you know, feel free to drop them. You know, drop them to us, and and we'll uh, you know we'll have you know we'll we'll give our thoughts and have that conversation. Uh, if you want more, you know, make sure to follow us on Twitter at AudacityPod, uh, as well as Instagram, username AudacityPod as well. And with that, we bid you adieu. All right. Hit the old dusty trail, fellas. That's right. And with that, we'll see you later.